lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Looking around. Yep, you guys are here. Todd Erzin is here, as is Aaron McIntyre. As are all of you at 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. I don't know why I said that louder. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. We're at Steve Dace on Parlor, which you should get to know because it's, if you're not there already, if, if you are to the right of, well, uh, the former... Uh, editor of the New York Times op-ed page, Barry Weiss. If you're to the right of her, you're going to end up on Parlor in the not-too-distant future. And, of course, YouTube.com slash Steve Days is where you can go to get samples of this show that are free that you can sample for yourself and then share with others. Subscribe to our new YouTube page if you would not mind. Oh, boy, what's coming up today? Oh, it's Wednesday. Uh, it's one of our favorite days of the week, our weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation Daniel Horowitz will be with us, and I got to tell you, man, in our in our private text chain, dude, dude is woeing, man. He is at max woe. <laughs> Todd, you look very happy to hear that news. I am. I am. Yesterday, I was the one who was uh, uh, being commented on about how my facial expressions were at max woe. Okay, yes. I'm passing the torch. Yeah, Daniel is at max woe, so... I am not responsible for whatever he says he's, when he comes on this show later he, on. He's hitting the woe. See, if my wife and any millennials watch that, they'll be so proud of me. Yeah, I don't know what it means. I just thought it was really awkward. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that is. No, it is awkward. Yeah. What is K-pop? Do you I know have, what it is? I have, I've never heard that in my life. Okay. My, one of my favorite sports podcasts, one of the things they do at the end of it is they do eclectic music recommendations from the audience. And these are guys that are like all between around our age, a little bit younger maybe in their thirties, mm-hmm. thirties to forties. And one of the one of the recommendations was from the audience. And this is a college football podcast, so I would assume it's predominantly guys. And and one of the hosts said on it, "Hey, the guy who sent me this recommendation sent me like a nine hundred word preamble, like disclaimer, like apologizing." Understanding that as a guy, he should not be suggesting this. All right, but I don't. So I don't. Know, what is K-pop? What is it? I can Google it real quick. I, I, I remember K-Tel. Remember K-Tel Records when we were kids? Yeah. Where you, where you didn't have to like buy the albums because like all the hit songs would be on like the one K-Tel record. Remember those? Oh, yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. It's pop music originating in South Korea. Oh, okay. No, I'm American, so I would explain why. Didn't I don't you hear know. Ron in your ear? He like knew that right away. How does Ron know that? Is that what that voice in my ear said? Yes, he said. Okay, all right. Okay, that um, knowing as fast as you did back there yeah. in Dallas, Ron, is troubling. a dude code violation. It is troubling. And during the next commercial break, you are expected to uh, punish yourself physically before re-entering the building. All right. So now, now, Aaron, you know what K-pop is. It's I Korean do. pop. Yes. Okay. I just didn't know what it was, and you already made one thing generationally that I don't understand, and so I thought I'd ask what K. And they talked about how K-pop's like taking over the world, and I'm like, not if you're 45 years old and an Iowa, it ain't not in my corner of the world anyway. Never even heard of the damn stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> get off my lawn! All right, 
There's a lot of viewers at home right now. Did the Steve show, Day Show get canceled? What yeah. did we replace what, it with? What is this? K-pop is what, we, yeah. is what it was replaced with. So Daniel will join us and will bring the woe, not the K-pop. Uh, that's coming up a little bit later on. Also, our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold. That is always a ton of fun. But before we get to all of that fun and frivolity, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Roll Tide, former Auburn Tigers football coach and open borders tool Tommy Tuberville beat Jeff Sessions, the former U.S. Senator turned U.S. Attorney General in yesterday's Alabama Senate primary. Tuberville will go on to face Alabama Democrat Senator Doug Jones in November and has probably all but ended Jeff Sessions political career spanning 30 years. It's kind of hurtful. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg was admitted to Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore yesterday morning with a possible infection. That's according to numerous reports. Bail has been denied to Jelaine Maxwell, the former girlfriend of Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, who was herself arrested recently and charged with the facilitation of prostitution of underage girls. Coronavirus madness update. According to the CDC, the total number of tests for seasonal influenza performed during the combined flu seasons of 2018, 19, and 20 was 4,473,648. According to the COVID tracking project, the total number of COVID tests performed from July 5th to July 11th of this year was 4,595,942. Speaking of tests, Fox 35 News in Orlando investigated some of the odd numbers from Florida's recent batch of coronavirus testing numbers. The Florida Department of Health releasing its daily coronavirus testing report, showing a statewide positivity rate of 11%. But Fox 35 quickly noticing some shocking positivity rates. Countless labs reporting 100% positivity. That means every single person tested was positive. We sifted through the reports to find local testing sites with high numbers. Like this Centricare, 83 people tested and all positive. Check out the Orlando VA, a positivity rate of 76%. NCF Diagnostics has a location in Alachua, 88% of tests coming back positive, and 98% for Orlando Health. How could that be? We investigated these astronomical numbers, contacting every location mentioned. Orlando Health, the only to respond, confirming errors in the report. Its positivity rate is, in fact, only 9.4%. As of yesterday, Sweden reported only one death from COVID in the past four days, just 11 in the past week. White House trade and manufacturing advisor Peter Navarro wrote an op-ed in USA Today bashing Dr. Anthony Fauci flip-flopping and downplaying the threat of Wuhan coronavirus and detailing Navarro's repeated clashes with Fauci. The White House later distanced itself from Navarro's op-ed. Moving on, media superstar and former America's Got Talent host Nick Cannon was fired from his associations with Viacom CBS after making these comments on his podcast. When we talk about the power of Melanated people. When we talk mm-hmm. about who we really are as guys and, and understanding right. that our melanin is so power and it connects us in a way that the reason why they fear black, the reason why they fear is because they the lack that they have of it. They had to be savages. They had to be barbaric. They had because they're in these Nordic mountains. They're in these rough uh, torrential environments. Mm. So they they're acting as animals. Right. So they're the ones that are actually closer to animals. 
That conversation was reportedly filmed last year, but aired just a couple of weeks ago. Meanwhile, an Alaska Airlines flight had to make an emergency landing in Seattle after a man on board the flight said he'd kill everybody if they didn't accept that Jesus Christ was black. I will kill everybody except it. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot really, really, really wants her city's residents to fill out their census. And I'm happy to report I'm calling out the census cowboy. So, if you see the census cowboy coming to your neighborhood, that's not a good thing. That means you got to step up and do your part and make sure that you fill out the census. And finally, the year 2020 in a nutshell, example number 430. Our journey begins with this mic. Dave, lift the microphone. Whoa! And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by Home Title Lock. Deborah says she could not believe she was being evicted from her own home that they never even sold. But that's what happens once she learns she was a victim of home title fraud, a devastating crime that can cost you your home. And title fraud is not, repeat, not covered by your homeowner's insurance. The only folks to trust to protect your home's title is Home Title Lock. Cyber thieves have discovered that our home titles are kept online. So they go in there. Uh, forge your name on your deed slating or stating that you sold your home to them and then refile as the home's new owner and in deborah's case she didn't even know she was a victim until the eviction notice arrived home title lock will put a virtual barrier around your home's title so that this does not happen to you and the instant they detect tampering they mobilize to shut it down but first things first go to hometitlelock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it and then while you're there use the promo code steve to get 30 free days of protection 30 free days of protection for your most important investment your home at home using promo code steve at home let's get to the montage jeff sessions last night lost by nearly 30 points Despite the fact he had a good amount of the conservative movement and media come out publicly for him, Tucker Carlson, as we have noted before, has the highest rated show in the history of cable news. He put Jeff Sessions on his show yes, last, last week. Oh, really? Yeah, he put him on last week. I, again, I don't watch these things live. I just see what trends in my social media. And he was on with Tucker Carlson last week. So there, there was a lot of attempts within conservative media to rescue Jeff Sessions here over the last week and a half. It clearly did not work. And I understand that there's a Trump effect here. I mean, when they came out of the, out, out of the runoff, I believe it was only a few points that separated the two of them. Uh, that's Tuberville and, and and Sessions. And then when they got to the last night's primary election, I mean, I mean, Tuberville ruled him like Auburn used to rule, you know, Lamar uh, when he was the coach at Auburn. I mean, just destroyed him, destroyed him. And keep in mind, this is one of the longest serving politicians in the state of Alabama's history. So there's 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 a Trump effect here, but I think there's more 
to the, well, this they just blindly went with who Donald Trump told them to support. They didn't do that in Alabama when he endorsed Luther Strange, remember? Right. Yeah, they, they didn't. Uh, they, they nominated Roy Moore instead. And then, of course, the rest of how that turned out is, is history that largely we still don't know. Uh, but uh, this is different. And I have seen this theorized uh, in my social media feed by the folks over at American Greatness. And I'm inclined to think it, at least I don't know enough of you know local politics in Alabama. I don't live there. Okay, but I, I at least think there's enough prima facie evidence to suggest this isn't th- th- this. There's some logic behind this, and and that is a message was sent that when you were the attorney general, you did nothing to stop an investigation that thwarted this presidency for a couple of years. And after spending, what, 40, 50, 60 million dollars, whatever the price tag on this thing was, came back and uh, all it did was put Michael Cohen in jail for nothing that had to do with Russian collusion whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. Put, Put Michael Cohen in jail for things that had nothing to do with Russian collusion and found then no evidence of Russian collusion, right? And that's really, is that not the final fruit? Yeah. Of the Mueller probe, essentially, right? Um. And so the theory that they're offering out there is that Alabama voters sent a message to Jeff Sessions about this last night, that, that you played a role in derailing this presidency, that it's not just they, you know, well, Trump told us how to vote and like lemmings, we just went in there and did it because he told you to vote for Luther Strange a couple of years ago when he was a lot more popular than he is right now. Let's be honest about that. He told you to vote for Luther Strange a couple of years ago and that that didn't help. Um, and yeah, I know I, I'm I, I'm very well aware as a college football idiot savant of who Tommy Tuberville is. I could I could tell you about his entire career. And in fact, his last coaching stop was at Cincinnati, not at Auburn. He hasn't coached in the state of Alabama in several years. And if you know anything about college football in the state of Alabama, there's probably all kinds of people who didn't want to vote for him just because he coached at Auburn. You know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah. Because of the whole, you know, the Iron Bowl factor there. Sure. So in, in his case, that could almost be as much of a negative as a positive given how seriously that rivalry is taken down there. Um, I, I find that to be a fascinating angle. I'm not sure what it means going forward, but if there's any merit to that, if I'm somebody like a Lindsey Graham, who I believe will be on Hannity again tonight, uh, promising to get to the bottom of the deep state that he never does, right? Right. Promising to issue the subpoenas that he never does, right? If I'm somebody like a Lindsey Graham, if there's some merit to that theory, I'm looking over my shoulder maybe in my next primary. Do you guys have any thoughts about this? Because for our show largely punted on this issue when the investigation was going on because we had no idea what, what was true. And then I got really radicalized about it when we after it was confirmed that the whole thing was a scam. And then of course, no one was ever held accountable for scamming the American people for the last few years, because you know, that would be like, you know, a non failed state or something. So what do you think? I think it's possible. And what you're talking about is a sort of default term limits that I think all of us would applaud. Listen, if you are a guy of Jeff Sessions age, you, you better be able to just, 
not give a rip anymore. And it's clear that Jeff Sessions was the opposite in his old age. Uh, he, he was triangulating as hard as ever. And the people down there just got s- sick of it. I applaud that. I wish we saw more of that with the Mitch McConnells of the world. You know, the, we going back in the way back machine, when we diagnosed the Democratic uh, 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 primary race, all of us, yeah, we all think Bernie Sanders is crazy. But as a, as a dude at the end of his life, I mean, that guy is not buying green bananas. He believes what he believes unapologetically. God knows we are starving for that on our side. And the people saw that that they th- especially they thought that was Jeff Sessions early on. And Jeff Sessions was one of the very first guys to get out front with the with the Trump stuff. Mm-hmm. And they just all down there clearly called BS on him. And they basically think you lied to us. No more. I think there is merit to that idea. Um, and and <clears throat> excuse me. I think it's tempting, especially in really deep red states like Alabama, it's tempting to just assume that uh, folks are just going to vote no matter what, if they have an R after the name, and especially if there's a lot of uh, name ID. Well, we saw that's not the case a few years ago with the uh, with the special election that shall not be named, uh, that people are paying attention. People in Alabama are actually paying attention. They are, they are not rubes like us. a lot of us northerners just typically stereotype them as. They're not that at all. They're paying attention, all right? So I think that's... I think that is likely the case that 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 has some merit. However, I also think it's just as likely that Tuberville's strategy could have just likely uh, have been to play up that disconnect between Sessions and Trump um, as it is that uh, this is just a, a, a protest vote against Sessions, if that makes sense. That, that could have been the strategy all, all along just to kind of. Make this about uh, make this about Trump, but again, then again, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm doing this math live on the air as well. It it's not as if Trump, every single one of Trump's uh, you know endorsements. In fact, we talked about this a few weeks he's ago. Had five since he's, he's been president. Five since he's uh, you know that that mm-hmm. have uh, that have failed. So including a couple of incumbents. It, yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not really sure what to make of this, and I think that idea and that. Um, I don't know that that strategy that you just laid out there or that uh, theory that you just laid out there. I think that's as likely as anything. As to what kind of senator Tuberville will be, if I had to guess, he's a football coach. Highly, 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 highly pragmatic. Whatever gets him the win. And you people in Alabama are going to have to make sure you define for him what winning is and not his consultants in Washington, D.C. That would be my guess. Um, That graphic from Kyle Lamb researcher extraordinaire out of Ohio on the flu tests versus the COVID testing that was in Aaron's montage. And I, I, I want to, I want to make sure you, you got the full picture. Let me, that's just in the last week. I'll put it back up. Yeah. That's just, this is not since this process began just in the last week. In the last week, we have tested more for coronavirus than we have for the flu the last three flu seasons combined, including the 2018 flu season, which was 
one of the worst uh, on the books in recent memory, and over 100,000 people died. Look at those numbers. Wow. I mean, wow. The influenza test, courtesy of the uh, flu view from CDC, the COVID-19 testing numbers, courtesy of the COVID tracking project, reported. Now, I'm all for mass testing and have been from the very beginning. There's mass testing, though, and then there's mass panic testing. You know what I'm trying to say. And then there's okay. mask panic testing when the results you get back are out of whack by right. a factor of what was that one out of Orlando? From 99% to 9.4%. I just missed a yeah. little decimal. Yeah. Lots, uh, of, lots of labs in Florida seem to be missing decimal. Points. Yeah, some places in Florida are essentially doing Vladimir Putin re-election campaigns where he's getting 100% of the vote in every precinct we count. That's a good analogy. Okay. I, 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 and I, I tweeted this out over the weekend. Why did I find it? Because there's, there's an intrepid band of, of independent researchers, and Kyle Lamb is one of them, that so far have not been proven wrong on anything that they have dug up. And some of these guys have weird, wacky names. I go check their math. I go check their stats. I don't just like blindly, you know, regurgitate and forward on things from people I don't know, okay? But there's a group of these guys on Twitter that are destroying the narrative here with just independent research. And, and this story out of Florida came originally from one of these independent researchers. I saw, I saw what he had put out, the tables he had put out. I checked them myself. I tweeted them out over the weekend. A few others of us did. Somewhere along the lines, I got uh, caught the eye of the local Fox affiliate down there uh, in Orlando, I believe, right? The Orlando Fox affiliate? Correct. And that's... Now, now there could be a perfectly reasonable explanation for this that, that is not sinister. That would actually make sense if this thing had not been politicized, which is, don't, if, you know, don't send us thousands of files of, of negative tests. You know, the, the paper trail bogs everything down. We want to focus on treating and contact tracing the people who have it, right? If this thing, if we weren't in an election year right now, and this thing had not become hyper-politicized, and our own Iowa governor went out and had a press conference and announced, hey, just report to the central hub here in the state what are the positive tests so that we can focus our energy on who's actually got this. Would we be like, we'd probably be like, that makes like a lot of sense, right? Okay. That, that could very well be the explanation for this. But the fact that they didn't all offer that, right? The fact that only one of them even responded when, when they were contacted and, and, they admitted their numbers were off. I believe the the phrase we have learned analyzing data this year is <clears throat> by an order of magnitude, mm-hmm. right? I think that is the official. What what does order of magnitude mean when the number is so redonkulous? They don't want to say it out loud. Okay, um, there's. You would think if that if the innocent bureaucratic explanation, which in a non political year, non politicized environment dealing with an unprecedented pandemic, you would think if that was the explanation, they would have proffered that, right? They would have told us that, right? Okay. Don't you think they would have? I'm not sure anymore. I know where you, I know what you're saying. Right, but- which is why I don't tend to believe that's the explanation. Because I think they would have told us this if it were. If, if, if it, you know, 
Remember when cases started to spike in, see, you're getting gas lighted on this too. Cases started to spike in Texas in May, right after they reopened. Do you remember this? No, you don't. Because down the memory hole it goes, hey, Tara Reid, Vegas shooter. These are all the things you pass on the way down the memory hole. Sweden. What's a Sweden? Right? Okay. Cases started to spike in Texas after they reopened, remember. You just have forgotten that because you're not being told that. And one of the main reasons why is Texas was taking antibody tests, everything, and putting them all into one into one sample as a positive test. Do you remember that now? Yeah. Okay. And then they got called out for it, and they stopped doing that, right? Okay. Arizona, by the way, is still doing that. Okay. But if there were a bureaucratic policy like that, and, and also, what state is this in? Florida. Has there been... Has there been a governor? Brian Kemp has been aggressive from a policy standpoint and pushing back on the lockdown narrative. But from a a publicity standpoint, has there been a governor throughout this entire process who has been more, had taken more of an aggressive, I mean, dude literally holds like data research briefings talking about DeSantis, right? Yes. I mean, he calls press conferences to force the media to cover the data that they would ignore if they just put out a press release. But now that he's there and he's the one saying it, they have to, they have to acknowledge it. Right. So has there been a public official, maybe in all of America that has more aggressively pushed back on fake narratives about his state, and their policies as it pertains to coronavirus than Ron DeSantis no. has. No, I don't think so. So you would think he's been eerily silent about this. And this story's been out there for a couple of days, right? Right. You would think that if this was something that his Department of Health had said, let's do this to cut down on the bureaucracy and just get, we want to make sure we focus in on who is. I see what you're doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm eliminating potential ulterior yeah. or alternative uh, you know, scenarios here before we just jump right to you are being scammed, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't you think it's, it's, it's likely, if not near a certitude, that Ron DeSantis would have spoken up about this? Yeah. If this was some kind of policy that they were following with, with these 100% uh, you know, positive test outlets? Yeah. If, if it was going to be him, anybody, it would be him. Okay. So since we've eliminated the 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 possibility that if this was an internal bureaucratic strategy they would have probably just told the tv outlet that right Mm -hmm. we've eliminated the possibility that given his aggressive posture and pushing back against false narratives as it pertains to coronavirus if ron DeSantis's department of health had issued this edict from on high they would have already corrected this right right can you think of any other options then other than the worst possible one. Those are the only, that's my problem. I, these are the, the, the game, the, my family watched the hunger games over the lockdowns. These are the, what are they called? The gamekeepers? The yeah. people, yeah. Th- that's what's going on here. Yeah. Aaron, can you think of any explanation? Your wife's a nurse. She's on the front lines of this all the time. Mm-hmm. Some, th- something other, other practical explanation that, that, cause we, I'm trying to give everybody the benefit of the doubt here. Cause the truth's on my side. All the data's on my side. I don't need to exaggerate. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine giving uh, opposing viewpoints the benefit of the doubt because I've got all the data on my side. Is there another benefit of the doubt rationale for what Florida was discovered to have been doing? Not that I can think of, no. And I, I told her that thing about the, the flu tests, you know, that we just talked about, that stat that we've done as many we just in, in the past one week, week as yeah. we did in, in the last three years for the flu. Um, 
it's like her, her reaction is it's like there are no other diseases right now. There yeah. are no other cold viruses. Yeah. There are no other flu strains. Um, this is the only thing right now. And it's the only way you get there is by shoving a square peg into oh. a, a, a round hole. When and that's, you, I think, what we're seeing. When you look at all case mortality everywhere. I know. You can't even tell in most cases. Yeah. I know. I know. 6% of the deaths in America are people under the age of 55. 6%. 6% of the deaths in America from coronavirus. There's people re- under the age of 55. Research the Daniel Horowitz at Conservative Review published the other day. And it, it's it's written out there. I can't remember the name of the uh, the name of the actual institution that did that. Millennials. Maybe we talked about this on yeah. the show. Millennials. 2% of millennials in a poll said they believe they could die of coronavirus. Yeah. That that, or, or, or no, they, they millennials. Two percent. That two percent of, yeah. of, of of their age group is, is who dies of coronavirus. When in reality, it's the odds of being a millennial and dying of coronavirus are three thousand to one. Three thousand to one are the odds. Three thousand to one. Three thousand to one. Okay. It's not two percent. That's what's also fascinating about this. Have you noticed the younger you go, the more and the and the less. The less vulnerable you are to the virus, the more the panic exists. The older you go and the more vulnerable you are, the less you're panicked about it. Have you guys noticed that? That's why opening up the schools is so important. Forget what you think about their quality. It's it's ground zero of reality. And I'm going to get into this when we go inside politics with Daniel later. I think it's a proxy for the whole election. I think whoever wins the battle over schools is winning in November. Yep. And I think you can almost, I think come election day, we can correlate that Trump wins where schools are open. I think that is like a direct correlation. Buy, sell, or hold is next. Hey, by the way, in the overtime today with the news yesterday that, uh, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks, so Ruth Bader Ginsburg's back in the hospital, which is not uncommon for a woman or a human being in general of her advanced age. At her age, you don't typically buy green bananas, right? But it's not just her health that's been on again, off again. There has been more than uh, plenty of scuttlebutt that uh, Clarence Thomas, uh, if Trump were to win re-election this fall, may look in his second term to step aside from the Supreme Court that he's been on since, what, 1991. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, discussion of Samuel Alito wanting to step aside uh, from the Supreme Court as well. So the topic we're going to talk about today, since it's back in the news with RBG, what does a Supreme Court confirmation fight look like in this environment if one were necessary? We're going to get into that today in the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go to make sure you don't miss it at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. Uh, that's also where you can go to subscribe if you're not yet a subscriber to Blaze TV and get a discounted subscription there so you don't miss today's overtime or any of the other exclusive programming we do each day here at Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold brought to you by our friends over at Keeps. Have you noticed losing your hair? isn't fun your hair is not looking as full as it used to 
Let's talk about some options out there. Uh, you go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit the pharmacy. Try not to go broke, though, uh, to avoid going bald. Or you can try Keeps from the comfort of your own home. You'll get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but Keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost. And one more thing you're going to love about Keeps is that it's all online. You'll answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you, and then it's all shipped discreetly to your door. So if you want to get started right now, not only are you getting the cheaper rates because it's the generic versions, but they're going to give you another 50% off your first order as well when you go to keeps.com slash grow. That's K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. Again, that's keeps.com slash grow. If you're new to the program, here's how buy, seller hold works. Aaron, with some help from his friends in the audience, will be throwing Todd and I's way a series of predictions and propositions on a cornucopia, myriad, plethora, or is it plethora? I'm hearing it pronounced that way more often these days. Uh, when are we in relation to the next full moon? I don't know. Uh, well, if I think it's like uh, next week, so it's plethora. All right. Uh, it could be just a lot of different topics. Let's just go with that. Uh, no topic is off limits. However, if it is really, really dumb, and it's got to be really dumb for this show. Okay. If it is really, really dumb, once per episode, Todd or I are permitted to hold. But if it's for any other reason that we don't buy or sell and make a call, then we're going to get beaten worse than Ron was during the last break for knowing what K-pop was. All right. That's what the dude code commands. Aaron. All right. We'll start with one that might actually force a hold. Joey in Texas says Andrew Cuomo will take responsibility of deaths at nursing homes in New York before Lindsey Graham gets to the bottom of whatever he's getting to the bottom of. Wow. That's some Kobayashi Maru stuff right there. Joey in Texas, you're now cursed because you have proven you are paying attention. And I got to warn you, dude. Once once you have been red-pilled, you can't come back, all right? So you're now going to be that person at all the family gatherings. As everybody gets around with their tribalistic talking points they got from the, the Chiron at Fox or MSNBC, depending on, or CNN, whatever the tribalism of their choice is. And you're going to be the one that, uh, that interjects in the conversation calls Kobayashi Maru on everybody, which is another way of saying uh, well, on everyone, okay? And, and they're going to all hate you. You're going to have far fewer friends. Again, not that I speak from any experience with any of this, but I, I wanted to applaud you now, Joey, because your approval rating is about to plummet because you're paying attention. And you have publicly acknowledged it now and you can't go back, so bye. I'm buying because even even though it's just a perfect question, I, I'm buying because th- th- we're in Colonel Jessup territory. If you remember from a nice f- few good men, yeah, it's like he, he wants to say it. He he, trust me, he just wants. To, oh, you're damn right. They're all dead because of me. But you know what are you guys going to do about it? I'm King Kong over here. To get the sense, Peter Navarro did that earlier today. Who's the the president's chief trade advisor? Sure. And just and if you read it. It's only like a few hundred words. It's not like he even put a lot of thought into this. You're talking about the Fauci thing? Yeah, he just, yeah. it's like he just called up somebody at USA Today, where I used to write. Just called somebody up and said, dude, I, I, I'm pissed. You can quote me on this. Yeah. This is my op-ed. You know, right? Yeah. And I, just I hope so. And, and just is like, you know, pff, screw this noise. Okay? This is a joke. 
I've got plenty of money. I don't care if I get canned. I don't care. I can, you know, somebody's got to call. Somebody's got a Joey in Texas, this thing, right? Someone's got to call BS on this. And I love how, did you, like Trump's White House, did I see correctly that yeah. it went full swamp and said that did not go through the normal right. process of, of vetting? Right. Of course. Okay, drain now, the swamp, now, sure. You know what I think is happening there? I think, I, I think it's actually worse than what you think it is. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I, I have another. <laughs> Here's what I think is worse than what you think it is. I think they think they're being clever. <laughs> Told you it's worse. Like a trial balloon type yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send a guy out there who's independently wealthy. Have him take his shot. Trump gets to disavow it. We come back later on and, you know, well, you know, he, he's, he's speaking for himself. He doesn't speak for the White House. And just throw the trial balloon out there and just, you know very courageous and then you see you because you, you also can see your base your base had enough of anthony fauci about uh, april 15th and it's july 15th today like your base had enough of anthony fauci like three months ago okay and so i think i think now i don't have any inside word on this just using just making an educated guess with my experience in politics and my experience watching the way this political operation works if I had to guess, Peter Navarro didn't just randomly have enough and and spill it, and then the White House is like, well, we can't, you know, we got to clean up that mess. If I had to guess, this is an attempt at four-dimensional chess. And Navarro's like, dude, I'll take the hit. I hate the guy anyway. No one can touch me. I can walk away from here and still have more money than my grandkids are ever going to spend, so I'll drop the, I'll, I'll drop the bomb. And then you guys, and then the White House like, well, we'll cover our tracks so that, you know, the hit's not on us. Your thoughts, Todd? You are an awful, awful person. (laughs) That would have been just an eye roll back in January, if that's true. And the split screen is that level of dumbass chicanery next to roving thugs in the streets beating people for whatever reason they want to and maybe or maybe not school will be back in session this fall if they're playing I... yes that's all the... are you buying or selling what i yeah. i just threw out a buy seller hold what are you doing on that one aaron buy or selling i'm buying that was my first instinct that this was a trial balloon oh, i don't want to say anything see how people react Yeah. And if they react it's, positively, it, then, oh, okay, this gives me permission. Absolutely no courage. There's three things you have to know. If you don't want to acknowledge these things about Donald Trump, then that's a you problem, okay? Because just as, I, I just, I'm just built to pull back, push back on, on BS. Like, I can't abide it. I think one of the reasons why I love these independent researchers on the virus, because if I didn't have a show like this, it's what I would be doing, like on my own time. Hell, I do have a show like this, and I'm still doing it. I'm doing it anyway, right? I just can't abide BS. I can't I can't inhabit the same space as it. I can't keep quiet when I know that it's being spewed. I have to confront it. It's like a reflex. It's like the reason I was put on this earth was to confront BS. 
That's the reason. But, that's the reason a high school senior and his high school freshman girlfriend hooked up one night. Uh, you know, before hooked up one night, the fall of 1972 was so that for the next 47, for however long I live, I would just be here on this earth to point out BS. Okay, so there's three things you know about Donald Trump: reactionary. Um. Driven by the personal beef more than anything else, and lacks core convictions that he'll go to the wall. Pardon the pun for. Okay, those three things I just think are absolute. I don't. I don't know how a sane human being that's not on the Trump team payroll would not. If you don't acknowledge those things, frankly, you're in a cult, like everybody, like everybody on the left is. That those things are just true. I, they're self-evident truths. Doesn't mean he doesn't do things you don't agree with. He does a lot of things I agree with, but they're often driven by the three things I just mentioned. Does anybody want to dispute these things are absolutes? No, no, no. But the reactionary BS is a lot easier to tolerate. A lot easier to tolerate for me, and you've heard me say this before, than when people actually get in a room and look at each other and develop a plan and say, that's a good one, break, let's like, that drives me nuts. Yeah. See, I think it lines up perfectly with those three things I just mentioned. <sighs> have, have they not behaved like this for, 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 for an entire week during the first 15 days? For an entire week, Trump's, we have to reopen the country. Maybe we're going to reopen it by Easter. Then suddenly on a Sunday, Anthony Fauci speaks, Debbie Burke speaks. Next day, they're exp- extending it another 30 days. My buddy- Has it not been drive with the break on? Oh, yeah. With like, that's a classic Delamitri uh, song from the grunge era in the 90s, by the way. It's not K-pop? No, it's not K-pop. No. Is that the first time Delamitri's been referenced in the history of the Steve Day show, live on air at least? Uh, but they're dri- have, they, have, they not, have they not been driving with the break on this entire time? My shout out is this not yes, with the yes. break on? to make your point. My buddy Evan, shout out to you, and he helped us on the show before with some uh research. He texted me yesterday, This guy is worse than Jimmy Carter, and he's right. It's ter- the, it, this is the classic Trumpian play, which is put somebody else out there to say what I want to say, then that gives me plausible deniability later on. And we'll see how it goes. And if it works, it works out. That's the retweet of Chuck Woolery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we had yesterday, right? Put it out there and see if see if I get back up, if there's a way to defend this. The problem you have right now is you have a gangster president when you really need a crusader right now. I want to go back to what I said a minute ago about the teacher unions. <laughs> the teacher unions are crusaders. They're going to the they're going to the death on this. You're gonna you are gonna open these schools. I I'm dude. They're freaking Charlton Heston on this. You're going to open these schools. You're going to, uh, over their cold, dead fingers. You have to pry the keys to open these classrooms out of their cold, dead fingers. You better be prepared to go all the way to the mat to beat these people. You're not going to, you're not going to negotiate leverage them. <laughs> Is a guy who's using Chuck Willery tweets as a bludgeoning tool prepared to go to the mat? I, I have my doubts, but I, I really do believe in fact, mark this tape today. Today. Unless something stupid happens. Well, <laughs> it's just stop now. I crushed wow. that argument. <laughs> <laughs> something stupid just happened, as a matter of fact. We need a Plus. sign in the background that says number of days since last yes, stupid. Yes, yes. Okay, let me quantify what I mean by stupid this time. Um, 
Biden's dementia just like face plants in a debate. Like when Gerald Ford once was adamant that Poland was not under communist control. And that's how he lost to Jimmy Carter, by the way. All right, something that bad. But see, I, I, I'm, I'm operating under the opinion that they're already greasing the skids for there not to be debates. That's why they're throwing out the whole, unless Trump releases his taxes, don't debate. Maybe they have Biden show up for the, put all of his mental faculty in the first debate and have a good performance there that's lucid like he did against that one debate with Bernie Sanders, right? And then if he's lucid, then they play the, well, we're not doing any more of these debates unless Trump, he lies too much and we're not doing any more of these debates unless he releases his taxes. I can right? absolutely see that. I could totally see that happening, right? So unless Biden's dementia just goes full bore Alzheimer's in the debate, I, I'm going to call my shot right now. With that's the am I, Can I get that one disclaimer? Okay, sure. Okay, is that fair? Right, my one, I'm going to call my shot right now. It's July 15th. What is it? 115 days or something to the election? Okay. That we can, we will be able to almost seamlessly um, align Trump's, uh, where Trump wins on November the 3rd with where the schools are opened. I think I think it's a I think this is a proxy war. They're they're the same thing. And the reason why is because what's the number one sign of reopening? The schools, schools open. Schools. Yeah. Where the schools are open, Trump performs well when we get to November third. Unless there's just something with Biden in these debates and 150 million people watching where it's pretty clear this is the grandpa you gotta hide the aluminum foil from, right? Mm-hmm. Barring that occurring, which could. Barring that occurring. I think there's a direct tie-in between where the schools are open and the kids are going and whether Trump wins there or performs well there or not. And look, this question was even more powerful than we possibly imagined. Look where it took us. I know. I know. All right, moving on. John Hensley says at least 50% of NFL players will kneel when Houston plays Kansas City in the opening game of the season. So Uh, you're too low. It's going to be everyone. They're all going to kneel. There won't be anybody that will stand. They will all kneel. I told you this guy's a month ago. The compromise they're going to make is week one, they're all going to kneel. And that, that that will be how they all don't get Drew Breesed. They're all going to kneel. And then after week one, it will be determined based on, you know, what's being ratioed on social media and what Trump says and what sports center, uh, whether sports center is still obsessed with it. Literally, yeah. that's going to be what's going to determine it. But week one, they're all going to kneel. Correct. And I mean, like, I'd go to, I, I think if college well has played every college football team, and yep, I'm even looking at you down south, all right? If you think that, that, that Dabo Sweeney is speaking at a Black Lives Matter rally in South Carolina, and then the first game of the year, Clemson ain't all kneeling, you are living in another universe. They're all going to kneel. All of them. Mark it down. Uh, I'm going to save the next one for afterwards. Here, uh, Here's this one from Millennial Falcon. Keynote speakers for CPAC in 2021, if Trump loses in November, will be Tucker Carlson and Steve Dace because the backlash against the Republican establishment will rival the sound of a motherless goat. Uh, sell only because you got one of the two names right. There's no question Tucker Carlson will be the keynote speaker if Trump loses. I don't think, I, I think that's like a, you know, I don't even think you could get you could take a wager on that. It's like off the books. It's so obvious. Um, I don't foresee any scenario where I am ever in any of the nine realms or any of the known Earths in the multiverse. I am a keynote speaker at CPAC. At best, they'll throw me in some working group in a side room. Correct. Uh, that is also correct. Yes. We'll come back. More buy, sell, or hold coming your way with Hour 2 plus our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz, next.
Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. If you are a podcast listener, by the way, thank you. Please consider leaving us a five-star review. Thousands of you have done this for us already. Thank you to all of you. And we could use all of those we could get, so keep them coming. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. At Steve Dace Show. At Steve Dace on Parlor and YouTube.com. Slash Steve Dace. That is me, Todd and Aaron McIntyre here with me too. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. But let's continue on with buy, seller, hold, part due. Brought to you by Rough Greens. If you want to see your dog thrive again, try the Rough Greens 14-day jumpstart bag today for just $14.95. Now, why do you want to try this? Well, same thing has happened with our pet's food that has happened to our own food. A lot of this stuff, the good stuff, the vitamins, nutrients, minerals, uh, omega oils, prebiotics, probiotics, the things we need the most that's been stripped out of our food. That's why we're taking so many supplements these days. Same thing has happened with our pets as well. Rough Greens wants to put all that good stuff back in your dog's food. It is not a new dog food. It's a dog food supplement. It's a powder you pour on your dog's food. Apparently makes it taste even better, I'm told. Well, our dog didn't tell me this. I just watched him prove it to me because he inhales his food when we mix it with this stuff. All right. So he loves it. So again, $14.95 to see a, di- a difference in your dog in 14 days or less. When you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze, that's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Aaron. Uh, up next uh, is John Endicott. He's really good at this, and uh, it's starting to uh, make me fear for my job. Um, he says, The disgust and disappointment in our fellow Americans and their response to the coronavirus and race riots exceeds that in our elected officials. By Seller Holt. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. Um. Uh, you know what? I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell. I don't think I don't think it's I, I don't think it's terrible. And there's probably a lot of truth to it. And the math might even be right. Right? I mean, these people all got elected that are letting us down. They got elected somehow, right? Somebody voted for these people, right? Yeah. Um, but here's why I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell because I'm, I'm hearing from those of you that are trying to push back on this. And I want to have your back. Okay? And I, I think the, the reason... We've talked all... We, we've talked tons about the complacency and everything else, right? There's another factor, though. There's a lot, there's a, there's another layer of Americans that would love to push back on this. They, they just don't know how or see that it would have any reasonable chance of success. For example, I think if the Trump White House said, if Trump, if Trump went to the, the podium in the White House today and said, I'm, de- you know, we're declaring war on these Democrat teacher unions and call them that, call them that, call them the Democrat teacher unions. Okay. We're declaring war on the Democrat teacher unions who clearly care more about the outcome of this election 
and their own political thoughts than educating our children. All the data says your kids are safe. Here's Dr. Scott Atlas from Stanford University, my replacement for Anthony Fauci, to lay it all out for you. And crush you pukes in the media who will then respond with lies masquerading as questions. Actually, the more I say this out loud, I think you really should do this. But um, I digress. And every single school that doesn't reopen, that is not located in a place with rising deaths in a county, make it localized, in a county with, with, clear, with rising deaths and hospitalizations, demonstrated over a 30-day period, because you take a snapshot of anything in a week, right? Mm-hmm. Demonstrated over a 30-day period, I will instruct the United States Treasury, yeah, you will not receive any funding from my administration on and the Department of Education on a federal level. Anybody in my Treasury Department or Education Department who doesn't want to implement what I just said, I will fire them on the spot including the secretaries of those positions if they don't want to do it. I think if he did that, the amount of our people that would line up to charge the hill with him on this is far greater than what we have right now. See, what we're up against is we're up against the partisan paradigm. We're not just up against the complacency in the country and things of that nature. But if, if what, would, what would Texas look like right now if a Democrat governor was saying and doing the things Greg Abbott is doing? You'd, you'd, you'd be introduced to what a Texas militia looks like. There would be protests and rallies that would make what went on with the Tea Party right. look like the JV team. See, I think that's the issue. How do you rebel... When your guy's in charge, who do you who you rebel against? Who are you marching against? And it's an election year, and some of the same people that would march with you, some of the same people that would defy with you, what are they going to say? Well, you're trying to help the Democrat win. I don't agree with what I don't agree with what Governor Abbott's doing. I don't agree with what uh, Governor Ducey's doing. I don't agree with President Trump's doing. But the Democrats are going to be so much worse. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. See, you're up against that psychosis, the partisan psychosis. And and that's why I think there's a whole other layer of resistance to this. That if there were fewer Republicans in charge, you would be seeing. But I'm also telling you right now, if there were fewer Republicans in charge, there would have been a lot less lockdowns this entire time. Because the partisan paradigm works the other way, too. The Democrats would not be sitting there. Now... I agree that they would have tried to extract power. Like we would have, like, I don't think you'd see mass lockdowns, but I think there would have been like a national mask mandate, something like that. Okay. And, but they would have sold it as, and this is the way to make sure we don't have to lock the country down and we can maintain some normalcy is everybody's got to wear masks. That's the way they would have acquired power that way. They wouldn't have directly stepped to you. 
like they did this year because the Democratic governors could just all deflect it to Trump. Well, he's mismanaged the virus. These are his CDC guidelines. We've even seen Chris Andrew Cuomo try this stuff, right? Well, I put the I put the people in the nursing homes because the Trump administration told me to do that, right? Right? Mm-hmm. They can deflect on him. Where if the Democrats were in charge of the country right now, they couldn't. They'd have to own the whole thing. Which is why they which is why Gavin Newsom wouldn't be as ham-fisted as he is right now if they were on the hook for all of it. He gets away with some of it now because yep. he can deflect it off of Trump. It's kind of your your Trump foil theory in reverse. Yeah. And so this works. The problem with the partisan paradigm is if you're not represented by people of conviction or similar passion, you lose, you get Dutch, what we used to call growing up in West Michigan, Dutch door action. You get screwed on the way in and then you get screwed on the way out. The partisan psychosis never works in your favor. Because the people pushing you, or I'm sorry, the people representing you won't push it to the extent that the people that oppose you do. You know what I'm trying to say? I do. Which is why you're often better off if the people you disagree with are in power, or, or because you can actually lean on them. You can actually have the people who represent you push back against them in ways they will never do when they're actually the power. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It's why the only, the only, the the last two times we have made a substantial decrease in the size and scope of government. Barack Obama and Bill Clinton were president. Barack Obama with a sequester. Bill Clinton with the budget fights against Newt Gingrich in the Republican Congress. Do you remember which president gave a State of the Union address with these words? The era of big government is over. Do you remember which president said that? Bill Clinton said that. And so this is the problem we have is the people that represent us won't push the partisan paradigm to the extent that the people who oppose us do. And we often won't demand that they do because we'll immediately say to ourselves, well, we don't want the other side to win. We're so terrified by that that we just let the people who represent us just absolutely abuse us. And by the time we've been written hard and put away so wet that <laughs> by the time the year is over, the other side that would have that, that you didn't want to win got 75% of what they wanted anyway. So what was the point of any of this? And the and this just recycles itself over and over and over and over again. And I don't see a way out. I don't. Because the Democrats have gone so far left now that more and more people are actually buying into this. And I can't blame them, frankly. I'm kind of buying into myself a little bit. We just cannot afford these people to have power for three seconds. Because the stuff that we thought that we thought that we thought they thought this whole time, they're just saying it and doing it now. You know what I'm saying? And so you're like, I, I just kind of feel like I have to vote for Ron Langford again or the two poop U.S. senators that the red state of Mississippi has produced. Otherwise, they'll give me a communist. I mean, go look at Doug Jones's voting record and after, after beating Roy Moore. He didn't even try to win re-election in Alabama. Mm. Didn't even try. Like, made no attempt to be some kind of blue dog. N- didn't even try, dude. It was like Nancy Pelosi won a Senate seat in Alabama. Seriously, go look at his voting record. Didn't care. One of the smartest observations about how, where the Democratic Party is at 
your guy Rick Santorum said this a few years ago. And he pointed out that, as I have many times, after, after Obamacare was enacted, a thousand Democrats lost elections in America over the next three cycles. 2010, 2012, 2014, um, uh, 20, yeah, 2010, 2012, 2014, 2016. So four cycles. Over the next four cycles, over a thousand Democrats lost elections in America. And Rick Santorum said, but I guarantee every last one of them wouldn't have traded Obamacare for their seat whatsoever. And he's right. He's right about that. He's absolutely right about that. You can't say that about almost any of the Republicans. There's no hill they'll die on. 95, 98% of them. They won't die on any hill. And you know what? That's true of a lot of us. We won't either. Because in the end, got to beat the Democrat. So as long as you feel cornered by that and feel like you have no other option, guess what you're going to get? No other option. That's what you're going to get. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's why you haven't seen more forceful resistance to this. There's too many Republicans in power. It's not that people are complacent as much as that's my team. That's my quarterback. In the end, do, when your favorite team loses, is it easier to call the, the, the post-game show and blame the ref or blame your coach? What's sure. easier to do? The ref quite frequently. And so it's easier to call the Steve Day show, the Glenn Beck show, the Mark Levin show, the Chad Prather show. Just name every show on Fox. I'm sorry, you're on Blaze. And then and name every show on Fox for that matter. It's easier to call those shows and blame the liberal media than to call those shows and blame Mitch McConnell, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Rand Paul. I'm just giving names off the top of my head now, okay? But Right? Right? Sure. And so this thing just wash, rinse, repeat. We get all mobilized. What will happen if Biden wins in November? He's going to get destroyed. Him and his party will get destroyed in the 2022 midterms. Destroyed. Because our people will now feel free to speak up and go to the wall because the bad guys are clearly in charge. But they'll have Obamacare or whatever's next. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Republicans you all elect will do nothing to push back on all the bad stuff Joe Biden just did to you. Does any of this sound familiar? It's our whole lives, basically. All right. Let's maybe go through these rapid fire. Uh, we've got quite a few more. Ryan Hook says, before the start of any Star Wars movie on Disney+, Plus, there'll be a disclaimer about, and an apology from Disney about R2-D2 <laughs> and C-3PO not being played by real droids. Bye. Bye. <laughs> sell but that's funny and they're not going to do that but that's funny uh buddy the elf leavenworth washington says top 10 most desirable exotic car brands 10 maserati 9 mercedes 8 aston martin 7 porsche 6 bentley 5 mclaren 4 koenigsegg 3 lamborghini 2 ferrari 1 bugatti i'm not a car guy i'm gonna have to sell you because you just need to tighten up that list i think you should have done top five 
I yeah. don't even recognize two of There's those. There's a few of those names I don't recognize. I'm not a huge car guy it's, either. I'm not I, qualified to I, render a verdict. So, I don't so. even know if I would qualify Porsche as a, a desire or an as exotic car, but I would flip Porsche and Maserati. Uh, moving on, Jim Stalker says, within a matter of weeks, masks will be considered racist by the same Karens who are shouting down people for not wearing one. I, uh, I'm what buying would be the context I, for that? I, I just like the premise yeah. of the double-mindedness. It's yeah. entirely possible. It just, who knows how it's going to come up, but you don't have... Or homophobic, just fill in the blank, homophobic, misogynistic, masks will be something offensive to the left. Uh, I'm going to sell. I, I think the mask is the symbol of the, of the left. I, I think it is... Uh, Walmart just announced about an hour ago they're going to make everybody wear masks in all their stores. July the 20th, I think, is when that starts. Um, I, I think I, I think the mask is... Um, it, it's a religious totem. It's an idol. Okay? I mean, I, I think... I, no, I, I think the mask thing will go the other way, actually. I think the obsession over them, the idolatry surrounding them, will actually go the other way. I mean, I, the mask is the mark. Of the woke. Yeah, I think it's what the mask is. Yeah, You're right about that. Uh, next is Bacon. The face mask fascism has been exacerbated by Trump's perceived opposition to them. Absolutely. Bye. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's, that's the, we're back to what I just had a conversation about with the partisan model. That's why one of my Ten Commandments of political warfare is never attack what you're not willing to kill. Uh, no Republican, whether the name's Donald Trump or John McCain, and those two men are very, very different. But the thing they have in common is they get no credit for showing any restraint at all. None. You're a racist, misogynist, a xenophobic, homophobe, no matter what you do. So you might as well just go in there, man, and Agent Orange the place. You might as well firebomb the place. This is the thing I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe because I'm actually a man. I don't, this is the part I don't understand. Like, I feel like freed up. I'm like, oh, man. So you're telling me up front I got like no chance to convince you of the merit of my argument at all? You're just going to flat out tell me anything I come at you with that isn't 100% affirmation of what you think makes me the worst person on earth? <sighs> that makes this whole thing a lot simpler, doesn't it? <laughs> that just means I just now have to defeat you, period. I don't have to negotiate. I don't have to placate. I don't have to investigate. Um... Warren G, I don't even have to regulate. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. I just, the only option on the table is you win or me. Doesn't that just make this whole thing so much simpler? Just a straight up fight. It could. It should. I, I, I mean, I'm excited by that prospect. The idea that, that you know, trying to figure where's the Venn diagram. No, there's no diagram. Not even on the table. It, the offer is I slit my throat or you slit it for me. So it's just a straight up fight then. I like it when it's cut and dried. But for whatever reason, there's a lot of males, boys who can shave in this era, who don't like the simplicity of that. And, and, and so they just end up negotiating against themselves. I love the, f give me that. Frankly, I would struggle in the other environment. Trying to figure out where, the f where we find the 50% we agree, the 62%, the 39%. We don't agree at all. You mean I don't, I'm totally freed up to just want to destroy you? Because otherwise you're going to destroy me? Well, hell, why didn't you just say so? That just makes this whole process so much simpler. Cool. Shortest distance between two points is a straight line. 
get busy living or get busy dying, right? But again, I guess I'm just different than most. You know, a lot, a lot of the males of this era, they're frightened by that prospect. I'm actually encouraged by it. It just makes everything so much. Now I know what the rules of engagement are. You either win or I lose. That's it. There's, there's, there's unconditional surrender for one side. Okay. You seem bemused by that entire rant. Talk. It was good because it was a good one. Okay. All right. Up next is G Chums, who says the top 80s and 90s arcade games of all time. 10, 1942, 9 Frogger, 8 Double Dragon, Double Dragon, 7 yeah. Punch Out, 6 Donkey Kong, 5 Street Fighter 2, 4 Miss Pac-Man, 3 NBA Jam, 2 Mortal Kombat, and 1 Galaga. You, you can't do that without Super Tech Mobile, man. I, I'm still paying student but loans th- because of Super Tech Mobile. Or is that an arcade game? Arcade, my bad. Okay, my bad. You, you said arcade. Okay. Then he has the right number one, though. I mean, I, there's number one, and then there's Space Butter, Space Butter, Space Bar Was after ni- that. 1942, yeah. that one flying game? Yes. Yeah. Well, Doesn't have the Star Wars before. arcade game, though. That's, not, that's like number two on my list. I even bought a vintage version of that last year. So... I love this list. There's two from my childhood that aren't on there, so I got to sell just. But uh, Ikari Warriors was glorious. I spent a lot of quarters on that. And the Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom game as well. He's got the right number one. The rest of the list I'm not a huge fan of. So I'll sell. All right. Dad Bod Blog says the GOP pundits and consultants working with the Lincoln Project will be steadily and eagerly employed by GOP presidential candidates in 2024 and beyond. Bye. Did you see one of the co-founders of the Lincoln Project is a registered foreign... Uh, yeah, John Kasich's guy, John yeah. Weaver. John Weaver is... <laughs> John Weaver, Kasich's guy. John Weaver is John, was John Kasich's chief consultant uh, in his presidential run. He's yep. registered as a Russian agent. Yes. Yep. Uh, moving on, Reed Romans Lift Stones says, Dude Code 1, it's a violation to be unable to drive a manual transmission vehicle. Two, uh, you have to censure any guy who doesn't prefer driving a manual transmission vehicle. Uh, I can drive a manual transmission vehicle, enjoy it, but I don't prefer it. So um, I got to sell on both of those. Uh, you know, For Steve and I growing up, the number one is absolutely true. But for honestly, like I know Aaron grew up on a front rural, but if you're a city kid, you yeah. don't know what a stick shift is. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's like it's that's like, you know, if you don't want to listen to cassettes or A tracks yeah, or CDs. Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a, I think it's generational. I I agree you were considered kind of a wuss if you couldn't figure out how to do it. Oh yeah, you yeah, had to I know. agree with that. Yeah. But that was also guys, next year will be thirty years since I graduated from high school. That's a long time. A lot of things change. World in thirty years. Yeah. All right, uh, David Beery says the top 10 best sitcoms. Got a lot of lists this week, guys. Uh, number one, Seinfeld. Two, MASH. Three, Friends. Four, Cheers. Five, The Simpsons. Six, Big Bang Theory. Seven, The Office. Eight, Everybody Loves Raymond. Nine, Married with Children. And ten, All in the Family. Leave that up there for a second. That's a pretty good list. Now, I've never seen The Big Bang Theory. I just know a ton of people that love it. Um, I, I'm very familiar with all the rest of them. I'd have Cheers ahead of Friends. But I would have friends on the list. Um, I mean, all in the family from a historic standpoint has got to be higher on the list. But those 10, maybe you can, you know, argue with some of the order. I certainly agree with number one, by the way. Um, Or maybe you can argue with the order. But those 10, I think you have a hard hard time coming up with 10 better than that. Unless you wanted to go Mary Tyler Moore, Dick Van Dyke, stuff like that. I would replace... I would put the middle and Parks and Rec on there. I could easily get rid of yeah, Fred. My my oldest daughter 
is obsessed with that show. Which one? Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Oh, Anna, Anna loves that we show. Just, we just got the entire, uh, since, you know, the Peacock is going on now, and so they're going to take Parks and Rec off of Netflix, we just ordered and received in the mail yesterday the entire series of Parks and Rec. It's yeah. a great show. I'll great buy show. the list. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, fla- a lot of the right flavors on that list. Maybe I might argue with the order. I might even replace one or two, you know, if I had to. But overall, that's a pretty good shoot from the hip attempt. Sure. Okay. Uh, Rants Out Loud says the Chicago Census Cowboy will be shot by a drive-by shooter. The cause of death will be COVID-19. Yes, bye. Bye. Did I say bye? I know. Somebody else who is going to get a lot fewer Christmas cards this year because they are uh, they are really woke, if you know what I'm saying, and paying attention to what is happening here. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Everybody in their Christmas stocking this year deserves a COVID-19 rubber stamp. Just... Mm-hmm. Enjoy your shunning. Yep. Yes. Uh, let's see. Christian says the Epstein saga proves that there was some truth to Pizzagate after all. Um, I could buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I could buy that. I'm still like just that one movie we watched that you had. A, I can't remember I the name of it. But oh, out of shadows or out of. Oh, uh, yeah. Was out of shadows. Yeah. Out of shadows. I'm still like. What did I just see about that? But doesn't that seem like we watched that 15 years ago? Seems like I watched that with Jenna Rebecca like 10 years ago or something. We watched it like two months ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, next from Parlor, where you can follow me at McIntyre, follow Steve at Steve Dace. Lone Star Twin says Governor Abbott will not be reelected for another term. I buy. I agree. I buy. Yeah. If he if he locks down the state, Joe Biden will win the state. If he relocks down the state, Biden will win Texas. Next is Brian, who says, in America, our lives used to be like Hallmark movies, and we desired to go see The Dark Knight. Now in America, our lives are like The Dark Knight, and we long for the escape of a Hallmark movie. Man, bye. <laughs> that's, really well, that's really well put. Uh, bye. That's, that's interesting. Nice. Uh, one more from Parlor. Mike Dion says, two of the Power Five conferences won't play one game this football season. The Pac-12 and Big Ten will virtue signal their way to irrelevance. I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, I'm going to sell. I don't think to. The Pac-12, those schools are utterly nuts. So I could see that happening. I don't. I mean, I can see it all happening. I'm just going to. I'm going to say sell by the narrowest I'm, I'm, of margins. I'm going to sell not because I think there's no chance that the Big Ten right. won't play. Correct. I would have said no chance a month ago. I'd now say there's about a 25% chance that they won't play. Okay. But I think either they all don't play or like the Pac-12 sits out. Like I don't think the Big Ten is going to is going to is gonna is gonna knife itself while they're playing in the SEC. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, I okay. agree. That's so my, I, I my think point. either they all don't play or the Pac-12 doesn't play. That would be my prediction. That's a, yes. Or they all play. Those are the that's the other option too. Yeah. Up next, John Thornton, uh, top five college football coaches of the 2010s. Number five, Chris Peterson from Washington. Four, Jimbo Fisher at Florida State. Three, Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Two, Dabo Swinney at Clemson, and one, Nick Saban, of course, at Alabama. Um. I, I, I'm fine with that list. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. The thing is, though, there's a there's a chasm between the top three yeah. and everybody else. Yeah. The the other yeah. two names are you could we could we could throw 15 names at the other two names. Okay, I mean I mean those are really really debatable. Those other yeah. two names, I but could the make first a three are easily are yeah. way ahead of everybody else. Way ahead yes. of everybody else. Yeah, 
Agreed. Uh, let's see. Let me try to find one more here. Oh, yes. Uh, Aaron Rialli says the Mount Rushmore of U.S. monuments. Number four, the Statue of Liberty. Three, the Washington Monument. Two, the Lincoln Memorial. And one, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore of U.S. monuments. Okay. Ooh. I'm not a huge monument guy. Unless you're trying to tear them down, I, then I get pissed. But okay, I'll, I'll, I, that's fine. I've still never been to New York, but I got to think... This I, I might I I might I've take, seen the Statue of Liberty. I've not I've seen all the little ones on the list except Mount yeah. Rushmore. I've not been to Mount Rushmore. I've been there. That's fantastic. I I think I could find a replacement about the Washington Monument. Uh it's not. It I mean it's cool, but it's it's not as awe inspiring as the other ones to me. Well, to me, I think there's another one you got to if, if well you can only fit four, but. The Keith Jackson Monument at the Rose Bowl. I'd put that on my list. <laughs> He's not kidding. I'm only half kidding. I'm half kidding. <laughs> Whoa, I would say, Nelly. I would, yeah. Like, I would replace the Washington Monument with the Vietnam Memorial. That, um, that's powerful. What about the Snap Memorial? Where do you think that goes on the list? Is that, what K- is that? Is that K-pop? <laughs> no. The Thanos, the Thanos Snap Memorial. Oh, oh yeah, well, yeah. yeah! When they go and all the names are listed yes, there, they, yeah. yes. What looks like Stonehenge? Yeah, that's a good call. Yes, yeah. yeah. Is that it? Are we done? That's it. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz himself, awaits us. Stay tuned. Selling a home, buying and selling a home at the same time can be one of the more stressful things you'll ever do, even in a market with far more certainty than the one that we have right now. Uh, But that makes it even more, more imperative that uh, you go in with an agent that you can trust to be all in for you. And that's where realestateagentsitrust.com comes from. Uh, It comes into the picture here because how would you know? It's not like when you can go and search for realtors online, they're going to literally tell you, hey, if I can't sell your home in a month, I'm probably going to, you know, go through the motions and focus my energies on what's going to actually get me a commission. They're not just going to put that on their website. They're not going to just put on their website, hey, my marketing plan is just for you to immaculately clean your home every week and do a whole bunch of updates so we can host, um, you know, open houses every Sunday that two people attend for months. They're not going to just like write that on their bio, right? So who does the vetting? Realestateagentsitrust.com does that for you. No matter where you are anywhere in America, you can find an agent that you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com. The name kind of just says it all. That's where you want to go, to that website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Yes, it's a long word, but it says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's get to our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz, good to see you, brother. How are you? I'm doing all right, Steve. I don't know about you, but the longest 15 days of my life. Indeed, it is day, what, 123 of the 15 days to flatten America. I'm sorry. Um, um, Flatten the curve. That's right. My bad. Okay. Uh, I made, I I put myself on the record, had Aaron mark the tape. And I want to get your take on it. That unless something extraordinarily dumb happens which given the year we're having could something extraordinarily dumb happens to joe biden in the debates like 
the dementia he just completely face plants worse than jerry ford once demand you know demanding that poland is not under communist control in in an infamous moment in a debate once now i happen to think that he either won't debate or he'll show up and put all of his chips into the first one to be as lucid as possible and then not show up for the rest and say, until Trump releases his taxes, promise not to lie, right? The markers they're already laying down so that Uncle Joe doesn't have to flash his dementia, right? But barring something like that, I believe that we will be able to wake up the morning of November the 4th, regardless of what the results, results turned out to be, and we will be able to see a direct correlation to where Trump did well and whether the schools were reopened or not. I think the school reopening battle is the prox is the real election. Biden is in ha- is in hiding. The Democrat cult teacher unions are essentially the Biden campaign. They they are a cult. They will go to the death. You will pry the keys to open these schools from their cold dead fingers, right? And so I think there is a direct correlation between where Trump does well come November the 3rd and which schools are reopened. And that's why I think much of the outcome of this election, barring Biden not being able to contain his dementia in front of 150 million people in one of these debates, I think a lot of that is being determined with this debate over school reopenings right now. Your thoughts? So I disagree just slightly. I don't think it's a matter of the dementia. I don't think that's going to be enough for Biden to lose if we remain in a shutdown, the schools remain closed. I think you'll have to have some sort of video of Biden doing what he does to uh, live people, doing that to dead bodies. I think maybe that will get him to lose the election. Um, but so <laughs> narcolepsy, nar- narcolepsy um, what's that called when you're attracted to dead people? I almost said necromancy. That's when we raise the dead, right? What am I? What's the word I'm well, thinking of? necrophilia yeah so narcolepsy necrophilia you think is what it will take for biden to lose if the if the country's still shut down i got you yeah i mean because because the n is one of the few letters that's not in the sexual alphabet yet so i mean i yeah we got another couple years on that yeah yeah. um another 10 minutes another 10 minutes actually but go ahead yes you know (laughs) but anyway i i think the way you know you're right is that the teachers unions agree with you you see the teachers unions don't care about the kids and it's not really about themselves because as far as the teachers union political staff it was never about the quality of life of a teacher it was always about the political agenda hence in their same um guidance and you know complaints about the virus they talk about defunding the police and you know rights for illegal aliens and things like that they know what you know and that is this is the linchpin to the scam see steve if i tell you you know, if you take another step, you're going to die. And you, you look down and you see man, there's nothing really there, um, but you're still kind of scared. You would be a little bit scared because the guy told you the guy told you that the biggest proof that we're at risk, that children are at risk. But really, everyone is that schools are closed, because why on earth would we do such a maniacal thing if it weren't true? So that in itself kind of proves the veracity. And, and that's really there's a broader lesson there. That the left, they don't debate, they don't question, they don't pre-tweet, they do. And then it puts you on defense. That's the default. So the thing is, in everyone's life, especially if you're a family, the opening of schools is the most direct way of going about your normal life, returning to normal life. It's sending kids to what what is kind of a mass gathering in many ways. 
The minute that happens, it's not just about the kids. The entire panic porn falls. Exactly. Because then we learn to do what we all knew we yep. had to do, yep. what Sweden juxtaposed to Israel and Australia and really the South and West that also, like Israel and Australia, didn't really have it because they locked down before they got it, unlike the Northeast, where it was too late. But then you get it because the virus will get you. Thank God it looks like it's only 15 to 20 percent to achieve de facto herd immunity because of the T cells. A brand new study just got peer reviewed on that today. But you will have to go through that amount and you'll have to shield and stratify a certain vulnerable population. Beyond that, there is nothing you can do. The virus will get you. They had mask mandates in place in Miami-Dade County, which is the epicenter now, mm -hmm. um, for, for two months, three months in California forever. Um They've done all this stuff. Healthcare workers are getting it up the wazoo when these guys are practically in hazmat suits and there's no PPE shortage now. God has a way of getting you with it. Um, just as an aside, Steve, everywhere the Bible mentions a plague, it says the hand of God. It references the hand of God. This is brought out most uh, dramatically when King David was offered a punishment of a famine, an invasion, and a plague, and he chose the plague. He said, I'd rather fall in the hands of God because God is merciful and not fall in the hands of man. Well, I mean, ultimately, God controls everything, but a plague we see from the Bible has the least human input. And the more I study this hour in and hour out, the more we see that. That's the amazing thing. It does what it does. And, and, and you know, it's a mystery sometimes. Why is this place that place? But human input doesn't work. So the minute you have the kids back to school, especially – and this spread is actually going to help us because had we not had it, you could always say it's going to spread again. Now we're going to have that 15 percent saturation in most places. Doesn't look like we're going to have to undergo the unique New York situation to achieve that. It's going to be more like every other place. And then the game is over. The game is over. The tyranny is over. Um, their biggest tool to winning the election is over. So, Steve, I think that is really the linchpin to all this. I, by the way, I think I owe the people of California and Texas an apology. I was texting this to a friend of mine last night. I told them uh, I went to those two places right after they reopened, and, and now they're surging in new cases. Maybe I am the angel of death. Maybe I am the problem. Maybe, maybe it, <laughs> some have maybe said I so before for test, other actually. Yeah. And I can, it's I can, not the border. Yeah. I can attest to the mask mandate in California. I lived through it for several days when I was there the very first week it reopened. Everyone wore a mask, even driving in their cars. You couldn't go anywhere in California without a mask. A couple of the lockdown narratives I want us to take on here. If, you know, go back to when the lockdowns began and the and, and the whole battle between why isn't Sweden doing this and Trump said herd immunity is a strategy. Now, it's only been science on this planet for 7000 years. OK, but um, and, and, and the point kept being made. Right. Remember, it was the researchers at Carnegie Mellon and the University of Pittsburgh did that study that found if you lock down all these healthy people, do you know what's going to happen when you bring them back out? When, when you the first time you flatten the curve. And you've locked down all these healthy people that don't have immunity, have not been exposed. The virus is going to surge when all these people come out of their homes. Remember those conversations we had in March and April oh, yes. when some of these studies came out? Do you remember this, Daniel? How oh, much, absolutely. How much of what we, are, what we are witnessing right now is just simply 
the the culmination of what we tried telling everybody was going to happen from the very beginning if we pursued this quarantine of the healthy strategy. Now you let them out of their homes and they haven't gotten it yet. The good news is the fact that they, most of them are getting it and they're healthy. They're weakening the virus because they're we're seeing the mortality rate and everything else drop. But this is a conversation that we had three, four months ago, and we should have been doing what we're doing right now three or four months ago. And then we'd be we'd be frankly where a country like Sweden is. How much of the how much of that is being proven true right now? Steve, it's being proven true now more than ever because, you know, they think they got us. Oh, it's bad again. It's bad again. In fact, it proves everything we said. See, for a while, it looked like it might just burn out. It mm-hmm. just, for, you know, for whatever reason. Which is what the first leave. SARS did do. It just burned like the out. the first SARS. Yeah. And, and, and look, for civilization, I think that would have been good. We all would have been happy with that. But then you could have said, look, you know, it wasn't so long. Maybe you could have hunkered down and it would have only been a few months and you avoided. And maybe, you know. You know, Norway, Israel, Sweden, not Sweden, but Israel, Australia, these type of places, wow, they had a really good result. But we were warning the whole time that that was just the first inning of the ball game. So what happened was we got confused here because we thought we were achieving it because we focused on the Northeast. But America is a large place. And what now in retrospect, it seems like happened was. Whereas we were always talking about the horses left the barn, right? So not only does lockdown not work, doesn't prevent any deaths. Um, you have all the deaths and the collateral damage, but it doesn't even delay it. That was just in the Northeast. In the South and the West, it actually did delay it because they barely got anything. They, they, it was less than the flu season until now. They didn't get anything. So now they're getting it. Now they're getting it. Now, you know, it's it's moving up. I still do think that it's happening quicker than it would have happened under our more responsible plan because of the rioters. But that's a different point. I think that that explains why we're worse than most other countries. But you're seeing Israel and Australia have that, too. They barely had any deaths. Awesome. Lockdown. It worked. Great. Well, no, the virus doesn't go away. You just delayed it. Now you have a weaker country with weaker institutions yeah. and a broadly weaker immune system to combat yep. what's going on. Yep. Now this is where Sweden could point to you and say, hey, look, we didn't have a Lombardy. We were much better than the bad countries. A little bit worse than the other Nordic countries, but this is our ninth inning. You're in your first yeah. inning. Yeah, we didn't have all We're the, the leader in the clubhouse. Damage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we didn't have all the collateral damage, all the people killed from the lockdown, the mental health problems, economic yep. problems. We're the leader and, in the clubhouse. Go. We got our. We, we're under par. You, you yeah. shot a better round than us the first two rounds, but we just played all four rounds of the tournament. We're in the clubhouse, all right? We've got, and, and, and we don't care if the, if the course conditions change or the rains come and the winds make it tougher. We've already finished our round. Now you've got to figure out how to navigate the course from here. The other thing, too, is the argument that I made from the very beginning, that, that all the data showed me that this thing had been here far longer than late Feb, the, February 29th, March 8th, whatever arbitrary date, the, the escalator charts we were all given to show the spike in cases and deaths, that it was here the entire time. I think that's also been proven by the fact that if the state you just mentioned that locked down when they had virtually no tests and no deaths, if they had caught this thing early, when they reopened, they would have not seen this kind of surge that they have seen in these states. They would only see this kind of surge if they, if indeed the virus was here already and they again, we missed the window to lockdown because it was here the entire time. I think that has likely been proven true as well. 
So, Steve, yeah, I mean, obviously there's different levels. In other words, in New York, it was 100% too late in the Northeast, 90% too late. In the other places, it still wasn't as prevalent in the super spreading way, however you understand why it took off in March. But I think the point you're making is that if in the South and the West it was zero or close to zero, so then, yeah, I mean, there was nothing to come back. Um, yeah, if the, the lockdowns worked when you reopened, then you shouldn't have seen a surge. You locked it down. It's gone. You, you, you beat yeah. it. I mean, how is it still there after you locked down? If lockdowns work, how is it still there after you locked down? There's only one answer to that, in my view, and that is it was there before you locked down. So it didn't matter that you locked down. It didn't make a difference. So the only other answer is obviously the rioting and demonstrations because that was such a shock to the system. Sure, Remember, we but then we get from- into the outdoor transmission thing and everything else. And how many studies all over the world have shown how, how, how little danger there is of that compared to in, in-person dwelling, family spread, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, okay. Like I think so, so, I think there was an indoor Floyd funeral in Houston. I want to say right there was, and and cops in Houston get, yep. did get sick right after. And and again, the timing. I'm not saying it has more to do with that than the natural occurrence. But if you're one of those that there's a case, you did something wrong. It, it's got to be human input, and there's got to be a human solution. If you look at the data, geography, and timing, I'm just telling you. The, the protests are a much bigger culprit yep. than the May 1st reopening in most of these places. And then, of course, Steve, there's the border, which is utterly insane. Hidalgo County is now one third of the total deaths in Texas, despite being less than three percent of the state's population. You mean stuff like that? Stuff like that. Stuff like um, there were more deaths in an in a obscure border county that nobody ever heard of yesterday than 44 statewide totals wow. Wow. yesterday. That is your Hidalgo despite not having near the population density of Houston and you know Dallas. At, yep. Next time around, I'm gonna, I promise you, I'm going to use my perch here in the Iowa caucuses to, to get us a nominee who's going to secure this border once and for all. Remember that first ad in Iowa? I, I remember to this day. Can we that do that? first ad with the people yeah. running running across the border. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. It was a good ad. It was a good ad. Yeah. I think that was on um, Earth 4. You guys, remember yeah. what he, you guys know what he's talking about? No. Neither do I. Well, look, I mean, look, if Hillary would have been elected, it would have been worse. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We would have had yeah. you know, more. Yeah, we've only, more we, we, we would have given all of Oklahoma uh, to the uh, American, uh, the Native Americans instead of half of it. You're right. Daniel, and, good to and, see you, brother. And Gorsuch would have done necrophilia. <laughs> 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 LG, I want the record PTN. to show I tried to say goodbye to Daniel before he slipped that one past the goalie. All right. Good to see you, brother. Thank you. Todd, your thoughts? Well, it, he wasn't at Maxwell there. He was downright I was, giddy. I, I, I was surprised. Because I will tell you in our private conversations right now, dude's at lock and load stage right now. Okay. So he was giddier than I thought. Could also be that like, you know, um, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy kind of giddy, like in The Shining. You know what I'm saying? I do. Like if I we do. were gone another five minutes, he might have looked at me and said, Steve, honey, darling, light to my life. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to bash your brains and that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Right? We need to go five minutes longer then next time. <laughs> we're going to stick around, do some overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers for the rest of you. See you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.